remember when we were strong. Back in the days before King Tenebre and his royal guard, and the people of Amosran took up their own arms for fun and profit. Before all that, air was just us. The Viridian Outriders. We kept the roads and trails safe and secure, with homes and forts scattered about and locales civilized and not. Time passed, and we have been replaced. And yet, I hear the rumblings and murmurs of the roads being less safe than they had been. Monsters sniffing around in smaller towns and magic acting oddly. Who knows? Maybe we'll be needed again. Hello, and welcome back to another path. My name is Chase, and I remain your GM. Today, our Outriders join Brother Lobazon, played by Lehman Kessler, as they discuss what is to come and descend into the lost city below. Thank you to our backers, San, Carlin, and JJ, for their support. If you like what you hear, consider donating to us at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia, and maybe try checking out some of the other shows on the network. But with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy your trip down another path. <clears throat> oh no. <laughs> Ryan alleged to have a bit, and now I'm afraid. Oh. Hello? God damn it. Hello? <laughs> We're doing this again. We're doing this again. It's a big castle. I can't. Oh, this is a big room. Chase, I need reverb on this. I, I, I got you. I'm not happy about door, it, but I'll put it on the there. The door squeaks a lot, too. <sighs> You're not getting Foley out of me. I'm I'll getting Foley. I'm getting Foley out of here. <laughs> the door squeaks a lot, too. Oh, there's a stranger walking outside, and now they're eating carrots. <laughs> Hello? Griff? Did yeah. you? Why'd you get sorry, out? I'm, uh, sorry, I'm eating carrots. What's up? <laughs> Why'd you get out the good silverware? Well, I figured, you know, it's been a while since we've had Justin in Ohio. So, like, um, he should be here by now. I'm, I'm hoping, like, you know, he made it on time that the, like, um, you know, everything was good through the forest and everything like that. Like, yeah, I left him a map. Gotcha. All right. Well, let me just walk over this squeaky floor. <laughs> Anyone eat these solo cups? I'm just gonna start ah! crunching them in my oh hands. My if God. not, I'm just just gonna be sitting here crunching them. Don't mind me. Ryan, I'm sorry. I swear I swept the castle. I did not know we had another guest. We this is this is uh uh the the man they call Lee. No one no one calls me Lee. That's how I know when there's uh, telemarketers on the line. <laughs> the man they call Lee is here with us. Justin, come inside. Justin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You made hey, what's it. Up? Hey, you hey made what's it. going on? Hey, have you met? Oh, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. That's not man they called Lee. That's Lehman. It is. Uh, Hi. I guess I, we need to get Chase in here somehow. Oh, there he is. I've been here the whole time. There it is. Chase was in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I sit up here. I lurk. How else do you think the arms of Grendel get up here all the time? Oh, like, wow. not, like you can't just huck them up here. Somebody has to be up here to place them. And fortunately, he keeps growing them back. There's a lot of moving. Parts. There's a lot of movement. Thankfully, uh, we got that belt that increased your decks. So mm -hmm. I thought you just got into the ceiling tiles like a cat. Mm. No, that's in the other room. We do have the drop ceiling. I do like to hang out up there because it is dark and contained and like, I feel nice and safe there. But no, I just kind of, I like to perch and I'm not going to apologize for it. 
We are gathered here this day to get <laughs> through this thing ca- we call a fish chili fry. Oh, no, We've endured yet another cursed intro to this podcast <laughs> to welcome our, our wonderful friend, Lehman, to the show. Hi, Lehman. Hi. I'm always happy to help with a cursing. Let's say, did you, do you Perfect. know what you've signed up for? No, not at all, but that's okay. I yeah. have I have children and I'm in politics, so obviously I make poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I signed up for it, and I have no children or politics. So there mm-hmm. we go. There we go. Yeah, there but we you go. are like a professional actor, so that already puts you know a, a large question mark over many of your personal choices. I mean, I'm I'm one walking question mark. I'm I'm you know I'm almost the Riddler if I can find the right bowler hat. So mm. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Hey, Chase, can you rewrite this game right now so that we can get the Riddler in here? I mean, I got my character sheet and I got an eraser. So, you know, <laughs> just give me, give, me, give me a few minutes to look up some Frank Gorshin I mean, clips on YouTube. And like, here, here's the thing. I could. It would be neither elegant nor contiguous with anything else that we've done thus far. But I could do it. I mean, we just had a Five Nights at Freddy's arc. We don't need any more whimsical terror. No, just or- the regular kind of terror that I usually serve up. <laughs> or we do. Uh, the Riddler has set a bomb. Don't canonize bombs. You have no idea what Griffin will do. <laughs> I know exactly what Griffin will do, and that's why I'm canonizing bombs. <laughs> We've already made guns, magnets. <laughs> Please give me more. Um, give me, give the artificer more real world shit to pull off of. <laughs> Harper's going to turn Ignis into a tank. What do you think I've been trying to do this whole time, Justin? Go from Torkoal to Blastoise. My God. Do we need to give, Lehman, do we need to give you any explanation on our characters or do you want to just go into this cold? I'm good. All right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I will always allow someone to tell me about their character. I learned very quickly just, you know, how many votes that gets you. So, <laughs> oh, God, it's it's uh, so true. Which tells you something about the community. I live oh, in. So, that's like, so true. I actually, Lehman, I have a question uh, uh, for you from my wife, because my wife is a uh, ardent follower of your wife and her TikTok. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I also enjoy her TikTok for what that's worth. That would be Nerdy Priest on TikTok. Yes. She saw a TikTok from when the two of you were recently at Disney. And her question is, how did you not get heatstroke wearing a goddamn suit coat at Disney all day? Tweed breathes. (laughs) You know what? Asked and answered. Asked and answered. The real truth is that I am a pallid fishman and Mm -hmm. I have, I learned at a very young age, uh, that it's far better to just cover up my like repellent flammable skin and just deal with a a few extra layers. And, and, Mm -hmm. and tweed's fine. And and a jacket gives you a pockets for all sorts of fun things. I've worn tweed coats around the muggy south. I've worn them in parts of Africa. I've learned to live with them. They are a part of me. We are, we are tweed. We are one. <laughs> we are tweed. When I say tweed breathes, I mean it oh, breathes. No. You see, this is how I'm going to rewrite the game. <laughs> Instead uh, of the swarm, it's the tweed. Uh, we need tweed. a warlock subclass the- packed of the tweed. <laughs> Having recently just done a show, some some Jane Austen in the park for a month, mm. um, wearing wool pants and vests and coats in ninety degree humid heat, I applaud you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one thing when it's a choice; it's another thing when it's you know <laughs> required. So true, 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 true. 
Yeah, Griffin was just in a production of uh, Sense and Sensibility down in Columbus. Yes. It was a grand old time. Playing one Sir John Middleton. Well Very done. good to meet you, sir. He was I a delight. I hadn't heard that yet. That's great. <laughs> no, that's not, that's was... not his character voice here. I just assume. <laughs> no, uh, it was... Someone did ask me, though, how I was able to run a voice with that was that gruff for such a long period of time and i said years of practice playing my other D character because that was mordecai for five years basically yeah, <laughs> yeah. not as not as uh, uh, uh boisterous but certainly the same mm-hmm. level of gravel do we need to like actually introduce lehman like do we have like a paragraph written does it come with his writer like, um, I want to make sure I, we're I checking all the boxes. Is, is, do you have the, the elevator pitch of you that you would like to give real quick? Are you talking about me or are talking about my character? Talk about you. We'll get oh, to your well, character in a minute. Sure. Uh, I'm Lehman Kessler. Hello. Uh, Hello. Folks might uh, know me from TikTok as Mayor Lovecraft. You might know me for my decade-long stint as HP Lovecraft over at uh, Ask Lovecraft on YouTube. Uh, you may know me because I'm the mayor of a small town in rural Ohio, or perhaps uh, the f- fact that the McElroy brothers once used my whole goddamn name uh, in the Adventure Zone. Uh, those sure are did. All my, <laughs> my various claims to fame. And I'm one here of, and one of those play. is how I knew you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I the first time I think it was brought up when we were talking about like guests to have on this, I did not know of your other accolades. And I just heard the name Lehman Kessler. And I was like, the Adventure Zone guy? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who was the NPC who was named after a guy in real life, and that NPC's entire function was just being the dead guy just, just in being the murder dead. arc. That's right. Absolutely. And I'm just very into small town Ohio politics. (laughs) Well, you know, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite part of it was that I became a fan of Mayor Lovecraft on TikTok because it's so cool. And it's, you know, small town Ohio. There's not a lot of representation for that. It's great. And then the day that it was like, oh, that's like Lehman Kessler. Like, that's Lehman Kessler, Lehman Kessler, the name you've been hearing for a decade. Oh, <laughs> I guess... I guess that works out nicely. Yeah, I was such a huge My Brother, My Brother and Me fan that when they mm-hmm. started Adventure Zone, like, I remember when Adventure Zone was just, like, a one-off, you mm-hmm. know, uh, donor-only episode. And, yeah. you know, when they're like, oh, maybe we'll do this a bit more regularly. They're like, hey, tweet about the show, and maybe we'll put your name or your username. And I was like, oh, okay, hey, go listen to Adventure Zone, and then forgot mm-hmm. about it. And then I was a dead guy, and now I'm in a graphic novel, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> you <laughs> are in a graphic you, novel. You are in a graphic novel. Yeah, that's pretty good. The Adventure Zone was my D&D methadone for a little while, because I frequently forget, uh, but I did live in uh, Northern Virginia for about two years. Oh, sure. And I did not have a D&D group down there and was working a job that did not let me have time to have a social schedule right my escape was sneaking into the back room and listening to taz on my lunch breaks and then eventually listening to uh what was it uh nerd poker with brian fasane and friends at least through the first season i forgot about that point in time when you lived in virginia yeah i frequently embarrassingly do a lot (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it doesn't help. Like I moved down there, and then he oh, pretty well. I moved out to New York first. I was out there for a bit. Then I moved down there, and then I moved right back to the city that I was originally living in, and told in one of my most proud moments, told no one I was coming back. I just showed up at the bar one day where my fantasy league was having a drink and watching the game, and they're like, "Oh, Chase, what are you doing here?" It's like I live here now. 
I'm back. <laughs> for real. That's a power move. It's pretty it's, it's good move. Uh, I've move. always been here. Honestly, vibes. Yeah. It's the reverse of the Irish goodbye. It's the Irish hello. hello. <laughs> I have an idea. Mm-hmm. I have these things. Um, uh-huh. They're called dice. Uh-huh. How do we feel about rolling them? Never heard of her. Sounds fake, but okay. Okay. The journey through the Midwood is blissfully quiet compared to your last venture out. While it is still a few days of venturing through fairly dense forest, the heightened activity from the Outriders has made the trip fairly straightforward. Your final approach is marred, not by bandits, but rain. Overnight, a storm kicked up, and upon setting out for the final push, the three of you are soaked to the bone. Breaking the tree line is a mixed bag. On one hand, you are delighted to see that the Viridian Outriders have established a respectable base camp in a fairly short period of time. Tents in various sizes and colors dot the valley with a massive one covering the pit below. On the other hand, the rain is way worse. Lightning arcs across the sky as an autumn storm begins to rage in the heavens. You find yourselves in the clear primary tent created from a Viridian canvas that matches your sashes. A woman turns on a heel and looks at the three of you. Tall, dark hair, bespectacled and berobed. She looks at you then glances at her ledger. Ah, good. Styles, Cronin, talk? Yes, uh, hey. reporting for duty? Excellent. My name is Alexi Tate. I am the... Crown-appointed researcher from the Delaney University of the Arcane. Fantastic, you're here. Right. Do you have answers? No, I'm still here, aren't I? I hoped you would bring some answers. I'm here. I'm here to find answers, along with you. That works, too. And uh, you have been uh, informed that you will be working with another associate, correct? I believe so, yeah. A brother... Lobazon. That's the one, yeah. And at that point, a figure walks in from a neighboring connected tent. Lehman, why don't you go ahead and describe Brother Lobazon? Sure. So Brother Lobazon is is gnomely, so sort of diminutive, and it's got the sort of the, the Chester A. Arthur Burns. But uh, everything about uh, about him is is very just sort of neat, put together, um, not fussy, but fastidious. And just, you know, hard to kind of get a full bead on. You know, there's no, you know, you see there's some, some weapons. So, you know, he's, he's come armed, but not like overly bedecked. Um, nothing that seems, you know, particularly arcane or, you know, you don't see like, you know, thieves tools jangling or anything. He just seems proficient and tidy and sort of politely smiling and, and, and trying to be sort of inobtrusive. Truly the opposite of this halfling that is decked to the nines with every possible piece of equipment and weaponry you could possibly want for in an adventure. Actually, yeah, let's go around and have you all describe your characters. We haven't done a refresh on that in a second. Uh, yeah. So, Griffin, go ahead and give us a more in-depth uh, description of Harper. Yeah, Harper is a halfling uh, artificer most notably accompanied by her steel defender, a iron tortoise, 
uh, who frequently has uh, little bits of smoke that exhales out of his nose. His name is Ignis. Harper is about a, just just north of three feet tall. Currently is armored in a fresh, shiny new breastplate that she just finished work on yesterday. Uh, her weapon of choice is this weird, long, sort of like crescent-shaped spear blade uh, on the end of a... Uh, she refers to it as her broad spear. Uh, sort of strawberry blonde hair back in like some like a tight bun in the back of her head and then has like a bandolier across the chest and around her waist of smith's tools tinker tools uh just variety of uh, uh instrumentation that she might need for any sort of mending repairs shenaniganry etc excellent justin why don't you go ahead and give us a description of Arabin? Yeah, Arabin is a uh, fallen Azimar male. He is around six feet tall, very young, but his face looks very tired and worn. Uh, sunken eyes, kind of standoffish expression, um, medium to long dark hair. Uh, he's wearing worn clothes, ready for battle. Uh, you don't see a weapon on him currently, and he's also wearing a cape and some really cool Joe Biden shades. It is raining out, <laughs> my guy. What's your point? Okay. <laughs> I guess at this point, uh, Harper would have some sort of sunglasses, considering as she now believes them to be the new part of like Outrider uh, like uniform. So mm-hmm. we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, you have to look badass at all times. Yeah. <laughs> How will anyone take us seriously if we don't look badass at all times? Ryan, go ahead and give us a read on Cecil. Uh, Cecil Styles is a uh, human, uh, appears to be in their 50s or so, um, silver hair swept to the side, uh, you know, uh, short but manageable. Gives off a very professory vibe from the, the long sleeve button up to the uh, sensible trousers. He looks like a professor who's been uh, drafted into wet work. <laughs> They're the sensible trousers, Bronick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he has a couple of scrolls tucked uh, in different places across the belt. Uh, he's got a wand sheath strapped to his right forearm and they have a long uh, black trench coat that uh, has the collar popped up to uh, keep the rain off. Their shades of choice are the John Wick uh, half shades pushed all the way down the nose. Oh, I forgot to mention the most important part of Arabin. Mm. He has a necklace that has a ruby oh. red amulet at the end of it. Yes, that is extremely important. Yes. <laughs> My dude, I thought you were going up for like that, uh, that stick. Oh, the stick. Yeah, he also has a, a stick that's shaped like a cobra attached to his belt. There is that. There is that. <laughs> All right. So, Brother Lobazon, this is who you see as you walk into the room hearing your name uh, being mentioned by uh, Alexi. You've probably been here for about a day or so. You know that you were anticipating this crew to get here sometime today, uh, so they're right on time. Um, you haven't been given the full download on what to expect as of yet. You were just asked to kind of, you know, sit tight, rest up. You'll be doing plenty of work here shortly. Praise the eminence, someone more my height. Nice to meet you, I'm Harper. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, it's my, my, my pleasure. I'm, I'm Brother Lobazon, and uh, yes, uh, I'm happy to, to be among uh, you of, of, of all shapes and sizes. Yes, yes. 
Yeah, I was kind of hoping our associate would be someone more classified as muscle, but guess that didn't oh. happen. <laughs> yes, uh, I suppose I'm a bit a bit compact uh, as far as that uh, is concerned, but uh, I, I've, I've been known to hold my own, so I, I, I hope I, I won't get uh, into too much trouble for you. Huh. Yeah, size isn't everything, Arabin. Cecil comes over. Lobazon, is that Lobazon? What are you doing here? Comes over, reaches down, ha- uh, shakes your hand. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, paid back in kind. Um, I'm I've have come on to the uh, with the uh, outriders to uh, to assist in the exploration of this interesting, delightful. Oh yes, we need all the help we could get. Uh, Brother Lobazon, you actually have met Cecil a handful of times. They are the owner of the uh, Steeping Scrolls, the uh, titular Cecils of Steeping Scrolls. You've probably met a handful of times going in and out of the city and whatnot. Also very good friends with uh, Seeker Meredith. You've also probably at the very least seen Harper a handful of times as well. You know that Meredith took Harper under her wing right around the time that uh, Harper joined up with the Outriders. So yeah, so I think Cecil, the, the, if you pay attention to your sort of clientele, um, the vibe that Lobazon gives off is sort of a woodland hermit, you know, possibly sure. sort of a merchant of some sort or freeholder, you know, not not always in that town, but 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 when in town, you know, sort of active, bustling about, you know, seeing folks and watering friendships and things like that. Would I know uh, Lobazon to be? Uh capable fighter or you would never have seen Lobazon in any kind of action okay. <laughs> uh, a scenario unless I don't know I don't know did, did the town get beset by something where all were called upon to <laughs> not any time recently I would yeah. say that you know that brother Lobazon lives out you know you know like mm-hmm. you said like out in the woods there and you know that is not always the safest place to be well anyone who can take care of themselves in the woods all by themselves for that long like you have you're probably going to come in handy here because, I mean, well, I can't warn you for anything because we don't know what's coming. Um, you can see well, though, right? Oh, yes. That will be very useful. Very, very useful. It's dark down there. Um, we found an uh, uh, unknown uh, ancient civilization uh, buried away underground. Quite large. Um Completely unknown. Can't find any records of it in the books. And um, it's ours, kind of, because, well, Outriders well, rights. Outriders rights and all that. We, you know, but we have no idea about many things. To that point, uh, please take some time to dry off. Um, one moment. Rex, and she flips her hand and summoned from the ether, this small sphinx cat appears, Oh, looks up at her... And she looks down at it and it's like, please show them to uh, bunkhouse B, I do believe, is empty. Take some time, dry off, do whatever preparations you need for your exploration. I will give you the, it'll be easier to show you. But please, go, take your time. I will meet you in the center in about half an hour or so. Very well. And this weird spectral sphinx cat hops off the table and ah. walks towards one of these uh, connected tent hallways and looks over its shoulder expecting you to follow. So we follow the cat? Completely normal. 
new lore. Ignis does not like cats. Ignis does not like cats, I've decided. <laughs> Something I didn't program that into him at all, but he's just like, ah. <laughs> It's like when an elephant sees a mouse. It's just like, holy shit. <laughs> Ignis, calm down, buddy. It's okay, it's okay. I, I, soothe, I soothe him. Rex, as he has been named, leads you down a interconnected tent hallway to a small bunk room that has five beds all separated with um, not the nicest, but certainly thoroughly functional privacy screens. So you are able to dry off and get yourself put together for uh, exploration rather than traversal. If uh, any changes need to be made, uh, no. Lobazon sort of takes things out and and dries dries off, you know, uh, wet bowstrings and and things like that. Everything is sort of arrayed nicely uh, on 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 the bed and and sort of you know very very delicately sort of handled, not not sort of obsessive, you know, not just kind of you know like like you know. Mm-hmm. A gun nut, you know, assembling everything and getting Bertha <laughs> ready for going out. But there's just there's a there's an attention to detail, you know, sort of seeing if anything is missing and things like that. Absolutely. And and in so doing, you sort of see, uh, yeah, that 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 you know, there's there's a, a pretty proficient equipment both for for traveling for a period of time uh, and for for delving in the deep. Good good solid boots, things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does everyone does everyone have rope? Literally what I was going to do. Yep, I got my set. I got a hammer. I got all the climbing gear sorted out. Hey, do we think we're going to get separated at all? Given our track record, yes. Do we want me to fire up the shell phones? That might be useful. Could be. All right. What is a shell phone? Uh, <laughs> it is what you think it is. <laughs> um, you see Harper kind of comes back around from her little privacy area on Ignis on the tortoise, uh, goes to one side and lifts the shell as if it were like lifting the back of a hatchback, uh, and starts rummaging around inside and pulls out two maybe palm-sized gunmetal gray little tortoise shells. And, like, palm-sized for, like, a halfling-sized hand as well. They're they're pretty tiny. Um, and holds them up dramatically over Ignis's shell and says, These are shell phones. Uh, those those will, look very nice. <laughs> I will hand one to you, uh, Lobazon. And I was like, just hold it up to your ear. I hold it to my ear. And then when I whisper, then when I talk into this side, you can hear me, my voice, no matter how far apart we are. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. That really so, is. Did you make these? I did make these, yeah. That's just remarkable. <laughs> stop. <laughs> really, stop. It's nothing. <laughs> it's just a little bit of it's just a little bit of elbow grease and a little bit of imagination, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, I think that, yeah, uh, um, I can have my, my spear all set and then, um, got the shell phones just in case, I think. I think that'd be helpful. I think it could. Can't hurt. Who knows what we'll find down there. Um, I take, uh, out all of my books and lay them all out on the bed and uh start doing that magical thing where you wave your wand back and forth and the books open and close um as they to dry them out <laughs> they're just kind of all opening and closing uh we get a slight breeze from it it's great set out the inks 
Careful with the blue one. <laughs> and Cecil's got some exploration stuff as well, but is uh, mostly concerned about the rope and is very uh, specifically uh, doubling it back on itself, tying off the end already. So it's all ready to go. And then when it's done, actually takes the rope and just wraps it around himself and ties <laughs> it off. <laughs> One end to each end of the belt. Ready to go. Uh, Arabin takes off his pack and sets it down, but he doesn't take anything out. He knows what he brought. <laughs> and then he uh, poofs his sword in his hand and sorts of, sort of swings it around a couple times. And then puts his rucksack back on. You all look very proficient. You must have done many delves like this before. Just the one, actually. Really? Just the one delve? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, Stuart Bailey uh, found this place completely on accident, um, and then we lost him. So then we had to go find Stuart, and the three of us went delving a bit, and then we did find the Stuart at one point and got his magical artifact and all that and got that out. Um, Cecil, that's really it's, it's the only Stuart. delve. Yes, the steward. Yeah. It's his title. Stuart Bailey, yes. Now I'm confused. Anyway, we've only made this delve once and um, there is absolutely nothing down here except for the terrifying shape-shifting monsters that um, want to suck your soul and um, are strangely oh, yeah. resistant to different um, energies and magics and we've taken to calling them the approximations and I, Cecil, explain this but would like to throw the ball to Chase to explain what the approximations are <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there I remember that they're resistant to force damage sure are, mm-hmm. they are that's about it well there's no Jedi on this team so we're fine <laughs> oh sick not a Jedi, got it I guess it's worth asking if we're going to be working together. Uh, brother, do, do you prefer being referred to as like just as brother or full title? And what, whatever's easiest for you. I, I genuinely have no preference. All right. Um, I guess what's your what's your skill set? What what what's what makes you? Uh, uh, what can we rely on with you? Uh, certainly, I, I have a great deal of, of experience being being out in in the wild, being away from from civilization and things like that. Uh, I, I can uh, hold my own, uh, as uh, I uh, attested. Um, I'm also I'm also very good with creatures that should not be. Oh, perfect! Yeah, we because I'm pretty sure these things should not be hundred percent. Yes. And that is largely what uh, drew drew my attention. Uh, I, I'm something of a uh, I'm a, a student of patterns, a student of how the universe is shaped and functions. Um, You're talking my language. I love a good pattern. And particularly when I find uh, things that don't fit that pattern, I, I I work very hard to study and see if they can be reconciled with the pattern as a whole, and if they cannot, removing them. Do you encounter a lot of beings that should not be? And how do you even decide what should and shouldn't be? Well, I trust the patterns. I trust in the web that interconnects all things. I am guided by my knowledge, by my skill, and I have indeed come across a great deal of these... um, aberrations sometimes you could think that something shouldn't be it's just different that doesn't mean it's wrong 
Well, that's what the reconciliation purpose is for, to make sure that something is not merely misunderstood or a part of the pattern that has been occluded. Hmm. Harper is enthralled. Yes. <laughs> that's a very good answer, Arabin. Do you, uh, do you have another uh, repost for that? No. Something to think about. I think all all good points, Arabin. I think we can all be on the same page about the approximations, though. Yeah. Yes. Well, these those things should not be. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. should not <laughs> be. Uh, the, but the more you've now spent time with Lobazon, you you begin to, to pick up that that Lobazon seems to be quite sort of well mannered and 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 polite. Um, but as you talk to him, uh, it, it begins to sort of dawn on you that as he's talking to you, he doesn't seem to really be looking at you directly. Not not in a not in a, a, a sort of, you know, warm sort of way. His, his, his gaze seems to go sort of past you or even through you. Again, nothing untoward, but there is <laughs> there is something slightly off. Harper's the same way about making eye contact, but she just has ADHD. <laughs> Yes, I love this guy. This guy's great. As you all finish drying off and preparing, Rex does find their way back to the door and gives a weird and oddly way to echoey. Ah, thank you, Rex. Yes, we'll be right there. Um, do we have a few moments or are we going immediately? Perfect. Yes. Thank you. Do you uh, speak Cecil- cat? No. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. We spent that whole time in that theme park with those cats, and you didn't say anything. Those weren't cats. This is clearly they- a real. This <laughs> is clearly a real cat. He as he gestures to the spectral creature. Well, you could That's have tried speaking cat. cat. It might not have worked, but it might oh, have. I don't speak it. I just understand it. It's that Chewbacca situation. I'm not blessed with that particular gift. And Cecil turns and pulls out uh, a couple of bags of tea and uh, to-go kettle and uh, starts taking it all into the main space. And we're going to have tea while we talk mm-hmm. as we plan this together. Chase, has it been long enough? No. Okay. <laughs> just You just Sweeney totted the guy. You can't have more. <laughs> I didn't know what the time jump was. A couple of days you left the day after. You left like two or three days after. Oh, okay, okay. I'm okay. going to assume by Sweeney Todd of the guy, you mean enjoyed his musical performance like Josh Groban. Yeah, mm. yeah. That. Well, something like that. <laughs> it is It is certainly adjacent to that situation. A tell were- the tale of Cecil Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have anything they want to do before following this odd cat? Uh, no, I got my spells prepped and everything, and we're good to go. Excellent. You, um, uh, follow Rex into, uh, the largest central dome of this tent complex. In this, uh, kind of area, there is a pit that leads down probably about 30 feet. It is a substantial drop. Uh, however, for the original three, you uh, see that a lot of work has been done. There are ladders, for one, leading down into the pit, which now is that's a- that's what I'm talking about. And in addition, there is a small, like, hand-powered freight elevator- there we go. So Ignis does not have to uh, bodily jump into this pit. <laughs> so so we've built up the tent structure uh, like on top and over the opening. 
mm-hmm. to kind of occlude yes. it and hide it. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Perfect. So this is a a a full, you know, um, archaeological dig situation where they have put as much protection around the area as possible. Um, while you were all in the seat. Uh, taking care of business up there. Uh, Seeker Meredith was not sitting on her laurels back here. Um, and as you're looking around, actually go ahead and uh, everybody can give me a either perception or insight check. And uh, tell me what you roll. Can I make one for Ignis? Uh, no, I don't okay. think Ignis can get this one. Okay. That's a 15. Excellent. Was that insight or perception? That was it, perception. Okay. Uh, 14 perception. Okay. 16 perception. 19 insight. Excellent. Um, so for all of my perception folks, uh, what you're picking up is that this went up quickly, but also fairly recently. You don't feel like anybody has been here for longer than a week maybe a week and a half tops um you're seeing you know where the uh tents are kind of staked in it looks like the uh, plant life there is still alive uh but it is in the process of fading so um it looks like you know the area around here is uh beginning to not get the sunlight that it needs because there's tents all over the place but it hasn't gone quite yet with a 19 insight, Cecil, uh, what you're noticing is that there's a people from a lot of different backgrounds here, um, not even necessarily local. Actually, give me an, a, a history check real quick. Just the dirtiest 20. The uh, Delaney University of the Arcane, you know that is an international organization. There is a... Um, a small branch of it in the seat, but you know different parts of the world that is uh, a respected institution. Sure. Uh, so if they have uh, somebody from the university that here, um, it means that somebody in your background, whether it is from the Outriders or the Crown itself probably put down some capital and money to get one of their people here. So as Cecil's looking around, they're, uh, mm-hmm. they're able to put together that, hey, maybe, maybe our good buddy came through mm-hmm. with some of this money. Um, and uh, starts to kind of put things together. Did um, How many people would you say are here total? Um, you're probably looking at about 15, 20 total, counting your crew, probably about 25. Okay. So like in a clear divide, like, a people here are all here for a very specific purpose. They're either, mm-hmm. you know, they're researchers or they're delvers or they're the muscle or the security. Okay. Correct. And it is a lot more research than muscle. How many are actually outriders? About half. Okay. And as you approach the pit, Alexi looks at you all. Excellent. Very good. Please come with me. Um, your companion may uh, take the elevator. Very good, Rex. Thank you. And uh, she snaps her fingers. The cat seems to scintillate away, but doesn't. it's not like a poof. It is like, like squares of it seem to like vanish off of it and it disappear. Trons. 
It yes. Trons. It, 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 it oh, trons. I was going to say a polygon, so Trons yep. is good. <laughs> it defragged. Yep. Exactly. Wait. Wait. I don't think cats are supposed to do that. It is my familiar. Of course it is. She descends. I just need to have this moment between Ryan uh, and uh, I. Uh, 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 I'm answering no uh, questions. Uh, I know you're not, Chase. I didn't say you. I said <laughs> Ryan and I. <laughs> I know what to Bro. say. Oh, no. Oh, this is a very, very bad thing, but I love it. What a great thing. Oh, no. Holy Chase, shit. Chase, how much time has passed? No, he said he will answer no questions. Yeah, I know. Hey, Griff, how much time has passed? God, like 50 years? I don't know. You all descend into the pit. <laughs> oh, boy. I take the elevator with Ignis. Absolutely. There you go. Um, yeah, Lehman, at this point, uh, you see um, on the tortoise, there is like a divot cut out of the shell on top that Harper sits in, um, like the gunner seat on a tank. And also the tortoise around his head has been affixed like a headband across around his, the top of his head where there is a like sort of kind of crystal ball. And as we're descending, Harper leans down and, and says headlights and the uh, orb lights up emitting the light cantrip. <laughs> Using every bit of the artificer. <laughs> to be fair, I bought that. So it's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. I I bought that one. You did yeah. your money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And you did install it. I did install it. I did I did fashion the headband. Yeah, you oh, did. It's gonna it kill the resale value guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a custom job. It'll be fine. Pimp my tortoise. <laughs> Yo, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Very Uh, good. You all descend into the pit as you rejoin Alexis. She's like, so for the three of you, there have been some things that have uh, changed since the last time you have been here. Oh. And she takes you into the room. Uh, I say the room, the cavern that you are all familiar with, or rather the three of you are familiar with. Mm -hmm. And you see stretching out before you, it is very much the same. It is a massive cavern that this city that seems to be made of this odd polygonal material is spiring up in. Green light emanates from these crystals warmly humming down onto the city below. However, the difference is immediately evident. You can see that there is a centermost tower of this city, and from the top of it, there is a dome of brilliant white light. Oh, that's new. Arcing away from it to six different spots within the city are other motes of light that seem to dome the tops of other buildings. Alexi, did you turn that on or did you build it? I don't know which way I want you to answer. More the first one, but not really. So here is what happened. When our crew came here, it was much as it was when you were here. No one had been down here to mess with things. Your Outriders did a good job of maintaining a secure perimeter before we were able to. However, what we did end up finding, though, uh, was that once our uh, first away team started their way into the city, as soon as they put boots down onto that bottommost floor, that, and she gestures over her shoulder in frustration, that all started. It all turned on, and it's just, it's just on now? It's just on now. Have you... Mm. 
I assume you've investigated. We have tried to. However, we have met with resistance. This would be the approximations? Yes, those. Delightful. So what we have done is we have most way cleared to uh, that point right there. And she points to the closest dome of light to you. Okay. What we would like you to do is um, go to that building, investigate it, and see if you can either turn the light off or figure out what it is. I imagine the truth to whatever this place is is going to be in that tower in the middle. Yes, uh, and if we figured out how to do this once, we can do it five more times, yes. That's the plan. It seems like it's some kind of security system or something. We think the exact same thing, Mr. Cronin. Is it just light? Uh, There is a magical property to it. We cannot pass through those barriers. We have sent a few folk who know how to fly up to them, and it it is a hard wall, at least from this angle. We are hopeful that if you can get in from inside the building, it will be a little bit easier to pass through. This is where we are standing. Right, and that's when you have run into the approximations. Have they been traveling in packs, groups? Have they been... uh... Mostly groups um, within the city. Those we have found tend to uh, be traveling individually. However, once we get into buildings, that is when they group up and when we are less capable of handling things. That's fair. Um, Do we... Do they seem to be guarding anything or roving around or the patterns or are they just if something is messed with they show up it is hard to say definitely when we have tried to access buildings that is when they tend to show up in larger numbers however we have not been able to detect a specific rhyme or reason for their actions as of yet right delightful um have we killed any more oh several and the bodies disintegrate just like the ones you initially encountered yeah, that checks out. Disintegrate into what? Kind of nothing. You will encounter one soon enough, I'm sure, but they are made of this amorphous goo, for lack of a better word. Upon their expiration, the goo loses any kind of semblance, and eventually it very, very quickly evaporates. I know uh, Miss Tok here was able to uh, collect some of it, and we've been able to gather small samples as well to continue to do our own research. Does the... um Have you run any more tests on this magical energy? Is it anything that we can recognize, or does it um, does it feel more like the approximations? Arcane magic. Something old, but not ancient... Um, a, a, a solid barrier spell, something so, variations on on magics we know, but this is something new and different. Yes, I think I have just one more question there. Um, does it seem like the approximations have any sort of control or agency over that, or they just are here, and then there is also things happening in the city, and we don't know if they're related? That one, perfect, a mystery. I would hazard a guess that they are related, but how they are related, that is the question. That's why we're here, I guess, yeah? Mm-hmm. Gonna find out one way or the other. Excellent. 
Well, Honestly, this time around, I'm a little excited. I like a good puzzle. Let's just hope it's a good puzzle. Excellent. Yeah, not like one of those bad jigsaw puzzles where like some of the pieces get soggy and they like kind of lose shape and they can't really quite fit together anymore. That's a bad puzzle. That's a bad puzzle. Have you ever made your own puzzle? I don't think I have. I'm going to add that to the to-do list. I've certainly taken things apart, but I seldom put them back together again after. Cecil just kind of gives Lobazon like a little look like, that's weird. I respect that. <laughs> Harper's minus one insight is like always interpreting the weird shit Lobazon says into like the most positive spin. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I love and taking. Th- I love taking it's things apart positive. and seeing how they work. <laughs> Did Harper check out the the spinner before we left? Oh shit, we talked about that. I um, will say that you have the spinner. That's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, Arabin, you say that, and Harper goes, oh, yeah, hang on, um, and pulls out a um, a little silver top, about yay big, I would say. Um, yeah, no, Bailey was a little remiss to part with it, um, but I made a good enough argument. Well, Bailey's, so, Bailey's uh, not here, so. Exactly. And we are. So if we ever need to, like, uh, effectively what this is, Lobazon, is, like, makes a little anti-magic field. Um, as long as it's spinning. And the approximations seemed to really not like it. So, might be good if we need to, like, cover our backs or block off a doorway or something like that. Or run, or hell, it'll probably, maybe it'll get us through the, the line or something like that. And then, Chase, if I believe I have this right, mm-hmm. um, just because I don't have this part written down, I'm assuming it's, like, an action to, yes. like, fire up the spinner. Yeah, it is uh, It is an action. It is a dexterity or sleight of hand, if you happen to have that. Oh, it's a skill check? It's a skill check. <laughs> nice. It's a top. It's a magic top. I'm not letting you okay. get away with that without checking. If you would- I had written down from before, it has three charges, and mm-hmm. it's a 30-foot radius. If you yep. would like to use the very bad Inception top, you must spin it well. Oh, man, that makes this thing a bit more of a loaded gun than I thought it was. Sure uh-huh. is. Sure is. This is. That's okay. My my dex is a plus two. That's okay. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's only a 12. I got a, that's a 50-50 we shot, We can have baby. Ignis stop it, but it's, he can't start it for us. <laughs> I don't, I'm not putting Ignis anywhere inside that field. He's a magical construct. He will turn into scrap metal. Wait. Oh, you stopped it last time by throwing something at it. I... I, I used my sling. I was able to knock it off of balance using my sling. Which that was also a hard shot. Yeah. That was like a that was like an AC eighteen shot or something mm-hmm. like that. Only so, takes one hit, <laughs> but you gotta hit it. Yeah. So this thing is dangerous, is what I'm saying. This is a break in case of emergency kind of top. Mm-hmm. As uh, so, uh, brother Lobazon, uh, is this going to affect your skill set? I I certainly have some. Uh, uh, abilities uh of my heritage and whatnot uh but as for my 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 prime skills uh no spin away spin away i just hope there's not another one of those nightmare balls in there excuse me what's a nightmare ball (laughs) Uh, it's something that makes you see your worst nightmare i can only assume it wasn't fun fascinating and if I'm remembering properly, we encountered a barrier before, and the only way to get through that barrier was to touch the so-called nightmare orb. 
fascinating. Yeah. And then the barrier faded for that individual. Chase, can I make that Arcana check? Which one? The, hey, are we about to have to do what I think we might be about to have to do? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. I love this ongoing fucking bananagrams <laughs> game between Chase and Ryan. Yeah, Ryan always says cryptic things, which Chase seems to understand, but we don't. This time, I think I only, like, kind of understand what he's getting at. Cut to Harvey Birdman. Did you get that thing I sent you? <laughs> Did you get that thing I sent you? Uh, 23. Oh, dip. The white barrier is a different kind of barrier. It's different barriers. Similar magics. Yes. Different. Similar magic. Variation on a theme. Okay. Not the theme. But Ces- Cecil can put enough together to figure out that it's same civilization, different different uh, magic, different uh, purposes. Yeah. Okay. Different department. <laughs> different department. Yeah, the white the white light is not it is not that kind of orb. Okay. That is not to say there are not orbs in your future. <laughs> I'll put an orb in your future. Man, fucking try. <laughs> <laughs> I cast dancing lights. Oh, shit. <laughs> Orbs everywhere. Eat shit, Greenlee. Uh, All um, right. Let's delve, shall we? Thank you for joining us here on Another Path. You can find our website and merch store at anotherpathpodcast.com, on Twitter at anotherpathpod, and our network at ghostlightmedia.net. You can support our efforts by donating at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia or by giving us a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher will let you. You can find me on Twitter at TQLoudly, Griffin at Griffcold, and Ryan at RyanRoll20. You can find Justin on TikTok at JustJustinMichael, myself at TQLoudly, and our guest, Lehman, over at Mayor Lovecraft. You can also find Lehman and his wide variety of other projects over at www.lehmankessler.com. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode, and until then, remember to not only ask questions, but ask the right ones. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.